what you have to say to us, oh Father, in regards to our purpose, our destiny, oh Father, in regards to our assignments, our callings, oh Father, speak to us, oh Father, about our situations, our circumstances. We give you permission right now as your children raise us to be who you have predestined us to be, and we accept that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory. We're going to continue along the lines of what we have been teaching on on Wednesdays uh, in Adam versus in Christ. Uh, still trying to get you guys to get an understanding that heaven only sees two families. I don't care if they say they Buddhist. They, they in Adam. They not in Christ. I don't care if they say they're Muslim, you in Adam if you're not in Christ. I don't care if they say they're spiritual. If you ain't in Christ, you spiritual, you spiritual, but you in Adam. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so on tonight, we about ready? Oh, got us. On tonight, we're going to uh, talk from the title, Strengthened in Christ. Strengthened in Christ. Strengthened in Christ. Our first scripture is going to come from a familiar passage, Philippians 4.13, 4 and 13. Uh, typically, I have various type of teaching methods. One way is I can, sometimes I like to do topical teaching in which I'll go through the scriptures and I'll just find a certain topic and I'll teach on that. Sometimes I like to take a passage of scripture and just teach in context uh, to that scripture. Today, I think I'm going to kind of blend that together because I'm not going to teach this in the context in which he spoke it to the Philippian church. But what I do want you to see in this teaching that uh, and in reading your own reading the scriptures for yourself, that when Paul went to these various churches from Romans to Colossians to Corinthians to Galatians to Ephesians to Philippians, when he went to these various churches, he was basically saying the same thing every time, but he was teaching them according to where they were. And his ministry is brilliant, if you understand it, because his ministry was to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles, unlike the Jews, the Jews knew God. They had spent their life, they had the forefathers in which they learned of God. They knew of God. It was their culture. It was their heritage to know God. Even in Jesus arguing with the Pharisees, they said that they were born of God because of their forefathers. So they literally seen God or, or thought that they knew God, but they did not know God like Jesus knew God because Jesus knew God as a father, but they just knew God through their forefathers. But with the Gentiles, they did not know God. So when Paul approached the Gentiles to teach them, he had to break it down to them. 
And so that's why a lot of our teachings we extracted from Paul's teachings, from his epistles. Because when he went to the Gentiles, he had to teach it to them as if they never knew God because they didn't. And so while you can read a lot of stuff that was written to the Jews or to the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, uh, James' writings, Peter's writings, the letters to, to Timothy, no, not the letters to Timothy, um, uh, Philemon, though all those writings were to the Jews, the book of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, all those were written to the Jews. But the, the, the epistles, the letters that Paul had written, those were to the Gentiles. And when you read those, you understand salvation. You begin to understand sonship. You begin to understand the kingdom differently than if you would just read the Gospels. Because Jesus, he isn't actually teaching you as Paul, but Paul is. So in Philippians 4 and 13, this is Paul's declaration of his personal faith. His personal faith. This is what he said about himself. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. his faith walk. So he's given it to us. So I want to touch on a couple things in this scripture. He said, I can do all things. Say all things. I can do all things. Now, all things can be systems. All things can be learning. All things can be our inheritance. In the systems, all things can be Salvation, the kingdom. It can be healing, prosperity, relationships. In learning, it can be faith. And faith can be a system too. It can be endurance, patience, love. Understanding money, understanding people. So in all things, he's not just, he's not just talking general. He's talking about all the things that the, that the Father has for us, all the things that the Father has for us to do. He's talking about our inheritance, the rewards, the growth, the elevation, the exaltations, the things that we receive just based on conformity. The more we conform to the image of Christ, the more the Father just, rele just rele begins to release things into our life. That's why the Bible says that blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall see the kingdom. So the more I become poor in spirit, I exchange my poor in spirit to see the kingdom. Blessed are the meek. So the more I become meek, he says, I inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. So if I want to be filled, what do I have to do? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. The scriptures talks about all things. It's a lot. Matter of fact, that's what we might do next week. The Lord say the same. We might just go through the scriptures and so you can see how often the scriptures talks about all things. The Bible says that 
all things were given to Christ. He said the Father put all things into his hand. The scripture says that all things are possible to whoever believes. All things are possible with God. The Bible says, along with Jesus Christ, he gave us all things freely. We got to know about it. We got to learn this all things, don't we? That's a, <laughs> the Bible says that the spirit has been given to us so that we can know all things. All things were created through Christ. All things were created through the word. All, it's a scripture in the Bible that says you have an unction from the Holy Spirit and you know all things. It's a scripture in the Bible that says all things belong to us. But to get all things, we need to be strengthened. We need to be strengthened. All things are there for us, but we need to be strengthened to receive it. Strength means to add strength. So every level that you grow in Christ, you're going to need more strength. Every level that you go in Christ, he adds strength to you. It strengthened means, strengthened means to add strength or give power greater than average or expected. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're going to need strength as you grow. Look at it in the context of family. Right now, my children are growing up and they don't need much strength. Why? Because we do all things for them. They don't need much strength right now. But once they hit 18 and they have to go off to college, now they need strength. Once they have to get their own apartment or their own house, once their credit score becomes relevant, <laughs> they're going to need strength. Once they have to cook their food, they have to clean their own house, now, they have a, now they're talking about getting married, having a family. Every level, they're going to need more strength. Then they go into their own profession. They're going to need more strength. So every level you grow, you're going to need more strength. But these are the two things that hinder us from getting strength. I can do. Hinders us, hinders us. The I can do hinders us. The faith that I can do something hinders us. He said, I can do. So if you're not doing, you can't get all things. If you're not doing, you can't be strengthened. So the first thing that hinders us is the I can do. The second thing that hinders us is the through Christ. Because you can do stuff all day long, but are you doing it through Christ? Both of those take a faith to be able to have some motion to do what the Father has called you to do takes faith. To do it through Christ takes faith. 
So there's three reasons, I'm going to give you three reasons for our spiritual weakness. Give you three reasons for our spiritual weakness. The first reason is we're living wrong. Now, we can become spiritually weak just because we're living wrong. We can become weak because of darkness. Darkness makes us weak. It makes us weak. Living a life outside of Christ makes us weak. Practicing sin makes us weak. If we practice sin more than we practice righteousness, we become what? Weak. That's why the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There's wages for practicing righteousness. That's why the Bible says that if you pray in secret, the Father rewards you. Wages. If you give in secret, the Father rewards you. Wages. If you, if you, if you fast in secret, the Father rewards you. What is that? Wages. On the same hand, on the, on, on the same hand if you live in sin or you practice sin, there's a wage with it. And what happens is, what the scripture means when it says that the wages of sin are death, it means that it depletes you spiritually. Spiritually, you just, you lose energy. You lose confidence. That's why when people are living in sin, it's hard to pray. It's extremely hard to pray when you're in sin. Not because God has stopped listening, but because you're getting weak from sin. So the first reason why we get spiritually weak is because we live wrong. We're living wrong. And what happens is this. Because we are living wrong, we can't do, it. We can't do things through Christ. Because we're living wrong, we can't do things through Christ and we disqualify ourselves from all things. The second reason for spiritual weakness is you're not doing anything. The all things has something to do with you pursuing your destiny. I can do all things through Christ. The all things include my destiny. In your destiny is your purpose. What were you created for? Why did God put you here? Your calling. What are you called to do in life or in the body of Christ? What are you called to do? Because you can't be strengthened and you can't do until you understand destiny. In your destiny, you have an assignment. Whether you know it or not, you had an assignment today. <laughs> Whether you know it or not, in Christ, if you have, you have a destiny. The Bible said you are predestined to adoption. You are predestined to conform. You have a destiny. You were given a destiny. You came to this earth with a destiny. Xavier has a destiny.
You had an assignment today. Whether you fulfilled the assignment or not, <laughs> you had one. But you're going to need strength to do it. So the second reason is you're not doing anything. Opportunities are part of your destiny. Relationships are part of your destiny. The third reason for spiritual weakness is you're doing things in your strength. You can do all things through Christ. It has to be through Christ in order to get Christ's strength. In order for us to be strengthened in Christ, we have to do it through Christ, which means we have to know Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So you can't follow a person as they follow Christ unless you know what? Who Christ is. Unless you understand what Christ stands for. So the third reason is you're doing things in your strength, meaning you have talents, but you're not allowing your talents to be done through Christ. You have gifts, but you are not allowing your gifts to flow through Christ. And because our gifts are not flowing through Christ, we're doing them in our own strength. And this is the one thing I want you to get if you don't get anything else that I say today. Whatever you do in your strength, you get your results. Whatever you do in your strength, you get your results. And the thing about it is, I've been through it. I've done things in God, and after doing it, he let me sit in it. <laughs> he let me sit in it. And the reason why he let me sit in it, because some decisions that you do in your strength, the longer you sit in it, you'll, when you come out of it, you'll never do it again. Am I right? You'll never do that again. It's kind of like kids. You put a kid on punishment. You put them on punishment long enough, they'll come out like, you know what? I ain't doing that no more. You give them good enough whooping, they'll come out like, I ain't doing that no more. It's the same thing. Did I hear somebody else? I thought I heard somebody out there say amen. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so the third thing, you're doing things in your strength. Even in relationships, do you have passion? Do you have patience? Are you having compassion? Everything that we do, we have to do in the strength of Christ. In Christ, we do. And in the doing, we are strengthened. If you're not doing, there's no need for strength. So if you feel weak, ask yourself, what am I doing? First Timothy 1 and 12 says, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has strengthened me because. First Timothy 1 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because. 
because he had a reason to strengthen him. He strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. So why is he being strengthened? Because one, he's faithful. Two, he's putting him into service. If you want the strength of God, if you want the power of God, you have to be faithful and you have to be ready to what? Be put in service. This next part is a bonus. It says, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. So now, what this comes to show you, let me finish this. It says, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. So what he's giving you a description of here is who he was in Adam. And then when he switched over from a life in Adam and he got into Christ, it says that he began, he got strength because he was faithful in Christ. And not only was he faithful, but he was ready for service. This also shows you that the father is forgiving and he wants to use you. Second Timothy 4.17 says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Why? So that through me, read that again. He says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me, the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. And he said, I was rescued out, the mouth, out of the mouth of lions. So Paul letting us know that I was going through some stuff. I had some issues. Paul was persecuting Christians. He said, I was rescued out of the mouth of lions. For what reason? so that through me the proclamation might be accomplished, that all Gentiles might hear. So in walking according to the systems our has implemented, we find success, but first we have to find our weakness. Paul, lets us, he's letting us know right here what his weaknesses are. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says, I love this, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. He strengthened him. He's given him revelation, but with the revelation, the scriptures say that he gave him a thorn. He gave him a thorn in his flesh, in his side. It's, it's various speculations, but it was said that Paul was sick. And you got to see how this looks. He said he gave him a thorn in his flesh. He gave him something that was always aggravating him, a messenger from Satan. So he allowed a demonic spirit to torment him, not to the point where it made him demonic, but to a point where it agitated him enough that he could not get in pride. But he gave it to him because of the great revelation he gave him. 
You're going to always, as God strengthens you, as God gives you power, as, he's give, as he gives you anointing, as he takes you higher and higher and higher and higher, he's not going to remove thorns out of your life. He's not going to remove the things that agitate you. Those are there so you will know that you ain't Jesus. Verse 8 says, concerning this, he said, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. So he prayed three times, said, look, could you please remove this thorn from my side? Could you please get this spirit off my back? A lot of times, God ain't trying to increase your confidence. He wants your confidence right where it's at. Because that's the only time you come to him. I heard somebody say something that was so powerful. And, and when he said it, I was like, I don't know about that. But now I see the truth in it. Some people are going to be broke forever. You know why? Because that's the only time that they talk to God. <laughs> Some people are better off in prison because it's the only time they're going to talk to God. And if you let them out, they'll lose their soul. Because the only time they want to talk to God is when they're in trouble. So some people stay in trouble just to humble themselves to the Father. Prison can be a thorn in the flesh. Not having money can be a thorn in the flesh. He is, watch this. Whatever he can do to keep you from exalting yourself. However, Paul said he prayed three times that the Father would remove this. Verse 9, he said, this is, the, this is the response that he got back from the Father. He said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. He said, no, I'm not removing it because my power is more effective when you understand that you're weak. So watch this. Paul, when Paul got this answer from God, it, it, it didn't say that he went back to him and petitioned him again. What it did was it changed his mindset. It changed his mindset. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. You think you're weak. But you're not weak. You're just using your strength. And the Father has to show you, the Lord has to show you your weakness so that when you see your weakness, you will rely on his strength. I know I'm not a dynamic speaker. Six months ago, this, this, would ter this, would, this was terrifying to me two years ago. I was scared out of my mind to step up here and speak to people. I acknowledge my weakness and he strengthens it. So in any event that I come up here and realize it's me, his strength leaves and you see me. <laughs> and when I talk, the spirit don't move. When I talk, it, it doesn't... When I talk to you out of my flesh, the spirit leaves, 
I'm no longer speaking to your soul. I'm talking to your ears. It's the difference between listening and hearing. You hear with your spirit, but you listen with your ears. So listening is just an audible sound. Boom. You're listening. You heard an audible sound. But hearing is when you hear it within your spirit. You hear with your spirit. You hear with your soul. That's why I noticed one thing from practice is anytime I would get into a conversation with somebody who was not hungry to hear what God had in me, anytime I would get into a conversation with somebody and they didn't really want to hear, they just want to pretty much argue sometimes. Or it'd be a situation where I'm trying to prove myself. The revelation don't quite flow the same. It doesn't quite flow the same. It flows when I know I'm weak and I, I depend on his power. But when Paul got this revelation, it says, he said, most gladly, therefore, I will rather, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. So the fact that the, that the Lord would not remove the thorn, and he told him that my grace is sufficient, it led him to, a, to change his mindset to say, you know what, if that's the case, then I will boast about my weaknesses so that your power would dwell in me. So when I'm doing a thing, it ain't, it's not me. It's you working through me. Verse 10 says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses. I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. That's the key, for Christ's sake. He only strengthens you for his sake. He don't strengthen you so you can show off. It's crazy how Jesus would heal somebody and then tell him, don't follow him. He would heal somebody and tell him, don't tell nobody. Now you know. Now you know. Let you open the eyes of somebody blind. <laughs> You're going to be tell everybody. You're going to post it on Facebook. Hey, tell everybody what we just did, what I just did. Tell them. <laughs> That's why you don't see many miracles in America like that. That's why you don't see them in the church too much. Because the moment he allow them to do it, they're going to think it's them. And people follow after stuff like that. All they got to do is hear that somebody raised the dead and everybody come because of what happened. They're not coming to grow. They're coming because it was a sign there. That's why he said a, a crooked generation, a wicked generation seek after signs. He said, but this is the only sign I'm going to give you is a sign of Jonah. I'm going to go into the ground for three days, and then I'm going to raise up. I'm going to be resurrected. That's the only sign you're going to get from me. And after, and after that happens, you can get salvation. That's the only sign you're going to get from me. He says, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. How many of us can say that? 
It don't make sense, do it. Naturally, it don't make sense that when you weak, you strong. Yes. When you, don't, when you know God has called you to do something, when he has told you to do something, because we did talk about destiny, you do have a purpose. When you feel weak in your purpose, that's because it's letting you know you can't do it. I can't heal nobody. I can't teach. I can't preach. I can't start no church. I can't be a husband. I can't be a father. I need his strength to do all that. My weakness lets me know that his strength is on the way. He said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You need strength in Christ that you didn't need in Adam. You didn't need the strength in Adam. You just did it your way. They don't need strength in Adam. If you, watch this. In marriage, marriage is the godly principle. In marriage, we need Christ. Most people in Adam, they don't get married. Why? Because they can't see them. They don't. They, they can't see the, the strength in them to do it. They have every reason not to get married, so they would rather commit fornication. You need strength to be married. You need strength to parent. You need strength to forgive. In Adam, you didn't have to forgive. It wasn't even on your conscience. You didn't need strength for it. You need strength to pray. Come on. <laughs> that hit you, didn't it? You need strength to pray. You need strength to fast. You need strength to read the word. I can do all things. Marriage, prayer, fasting, studying the word. I have to do all that through Christ, my relationships, not just with my family, with my friends, not just with my family and my friends, but with my spiritual family. You're going to need strength to endure one another. Kirby going to say something. You're going to make somebody mad. You're going to need strength to deal with them. <laughs> You're going to need strength to take correction. You're going to need strength to withstand a, a rebuke. You can't be strengthened only when somebody tells you you're doing something right. You can't. We love the applause. We hate the rebukes. And I'm not talking about from people. I'm talking about from God. We turn our ears on when the blessings come. You talk about blessings? Oh, my God, we all are clap. Let's talk about rebuke. Nobody clapping about that. Amen. He strengthens us for his namesake, not ours. But his strength becomes our faith walk. I ain't gonna be before you long. His strength becomes our faith walk. Now, I believe this with all my heart. I got scripture to back it up that I think the writings of the New Old Testament are there just to make us jealous. I believe it. I believe with all my heart that his agenda was to make us jealous. 
The Old Testament saints experienced blessings from the Father. They experienced, they demonstrated the power of our Father. They were used mighty by our Father. Then he recorded it in scriptures for us to read. <laughs> Why is that? So that we could be jealous and he could provoke us to want to do them very things. What he did with Abraham, the father of faith, Abraham, the father of faith, and he was in Adam. Solomon is the wisest man in the Bible outside of Jesus. And he was in the Old Testament. He wasn't God's child. Moses was humble, meek. And he wasn't God's child. The power that David exhibited as a king, as a warrior. And he wasn't God's child. In Hebrews chapter 11, I want y'all to read that. Are y'all reading assignments I get y'all from up here? Don't even answer. In Hebrews chapter 11, they call it the hall of faith. It starts off talking about where faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In that passage of scripture is the hall of faith. And it talks about all the accomplishments of the saints of the Old Testament. How they walked in faith. And at the end of it, it says that they did all of this having not received the promise. He did that to make us jealous. I'm not going to read all of it. But I'm going to start at verse 32. And by the time we got to verse 32, he's named what Abraham has done. He's named what Sarah has done. He's named what Enoch has, has accomplished. He's named what Noah has done. Y'all know it takes strength and it takes faith for you to build an ark and it has never rained. <laughs> you saying God told me to build this boat and no one has ever seen rain. You're telling somebody it, it is about to be flooded. This planet is about to be flooded with water and it's never seen rain. It takes faith and it takes a special strength to do something and announce something and pronounce something that has never happened. And so when we get to 30, verse 32, it says, and what more shall I say? Which means he, he said enough. But then it says, for time would fail me if I tell of Gideon. Now he's saying, for time would fail me means what? It's too many examples. We have to write a whole, we can write a whole Bible on stuff that they did, on the faith that these, that, that these servants, these slaves of the Father in the Old Testament did. So he says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith, remember what we said, I can do. I can do. So they did. They're in the hall of faith because of what they did. What are you doing? 
that you need strength. He says, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, Daniel, David, strengthened in Christ. Well, strengthened and they were not in Christ. That's the thing about it. Verse 34, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Uh Oh, look at this one. From weakness were made strong. Now, if he would take someone who's a slave and he called them to do something and just by them acknowledging it and carrying it out, the Bible said that through their weakness, he made them strong. Like that, Ola, he made made meaning they were weak and 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 he he imparted strength said they were made strong and after they were made strong it says they became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight women received back their dead by resurrection And others were tortured. They died for this. They died for what we won't open our Bible and read about. Not accepting their release. So what is he saying here? He said they were in torture. They were tortured. They didn't even want to be released. They would rather be tortured in, in God. This is the faith that they walked in. So that they might obtain a resurrection. And others experience mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonments. I'm sorry about that. Verse 37, they were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskin, cheap clothes, in goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and ill-treated. Verse 38, men of whom the world was not worthy said they wandered in deserts. They didn't live in big homes. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39, all these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised. So they did all of this and they never got Christ. They never got a chance to be God's children. I'm telling you, he's trying to provoke us. He's trying to provoke us. How are you going to let Abraham outdo you? Imagine this. Your father is this millionaire, billionaire with all this power, and his servants are operating better in the stuff than you are. It's there to provoke us, to make us jealous, so that we can seek him. Because like I said, Paul said, I can do all things. I can do. It's going to be the doing. We have to do it. You're never going to know if you have the power if you don't lay hands on them. You don't know if your prayers work if you don't pray. 
You don't know what he can do with you until you do, until you accept the challenge. Once you accept the challenge and you decide, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it through Christ, then comes the strength. Verse 40. It says, because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So they walked in all of this faith. But they never got the promise. They never got what you have right now. Christ in you, the hope of glory. They never had the opportunity to walk earth being strengthened by Christ, having a destiny, having angels at their behest, call God's children. They never got that opportunity to be sanctified. The Holy Spirit came upon them, but it could not imbue their soul because their, their, uh, uh, their position had not changed. They were still in Adam. Spiritually, they were not in Christ. Because they were not in Christ, the Holy Spirit could not change their soul. He could not teach them, lead them, and guide them, instruct them into all truths. Because of who they were, because of who you are, you have the Holy Spirit in a whole totally different capacity. Because the Holy Spirit can be upon you, and then you can be full of the Holy Spirit. It can fill your mind, your heart, your soul. It can cover your soul in every area, meaning it can, it can change your character, it can change your disposition, it can change your appetite, it can change your aversions, it can change everything about you because of who you are in the Spirit. They didn't have the opportunity to do that. That's why when they went bad in the Old Testament, he had to take them out. Because once they went bad, there was no coming back. There was no change. There was no redemption there. Paul said it, I can do all things. You have to say that about yourself. But the, 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 the caveat is this. All things are going to be associated with what you are called to do. You can't do everything you see. <laughs> That's what a lot, a lot of times what you hear when people say that. They try to do everything and say, I can do all things. No, he didn't say, he said all things, not everything. <laughs> you ain't called the priest, put the mic down. <laughs> you ain't called to prophesy, don't do it. You can't do everything. You want to sing, but God didn't give you that voice. Let me grab a mic and say, I can do all things through Christ and start singing. I guarantee y'all see why I'm not anointed. So, with that being said, as I close, seek his face about all things. Next week, what we might, what we probably do, if God say the same, is we're going to walk through the scriptures that talk about all things. So you can understand, this is for you. This earth exists for you. He didn't create this earth for nothing. It is just like having a child, bringing a newborn baby home. When the baby get home, the crib is already there. The bottles, the formula, the diapers, the home, the parents are already there. That's what the earth is. The earth, he created the earth. Everything in the earth, and then he put man here. 
said dominated. It's for you. So the encouraging words for today is seek what all things is to you. Amen? Be strengthened in Christ. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give honor to you, thanks to you, Father, praise to you, O oh, Father. We ask right now, Father, that this word, Father, will permeate and will penetrate the souls of your children, O oh, Father. Speak to them concerning all things, Father. Show them what they're called to do, O oh, Father. Show them their purpose. Show them their destiny, O oh, Father. Give them insight. Give them awareness, O oh, Father. Let them not make a mistake. Let them not miss.